TBN Network. Browns fans talking to Browns fans. My mama's was in Venezuela, mama like Cinderella, mama's got a chumbaye. I say hola, 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 bossa nova. I say yeah, 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 I got a chumbaye. All right. You know, um, there's a difference between giving up and knowing when you've been beat. And uh, if you've been a... Cleveland sports fan for any amount of time, you know what I mean. My name is EZ. This is Easy Does It on the DBN Network. Actually, it's Easy Weave, but y'all call me Easy, and um, I usually am in terms of my demeanor, attitude, and so forth. That's the name, the reason for the name. Um, but I got to be honest with you, folks. I'm I'm not. I, wow, I don't usually ever say. I never I never call you people, folks. That's that's <laughs> that just shows you the level of the difference of the mood and the temperament that I'm in. I'm in a, I'm in a bad mood. I'm not I'm not going to bleed on you. I'm not going to allow my bad mood to turn it into a, a wine fest. I'm not. I'm certainly not here to bleed on you. That's not what's going on here. I'm just letting you know going into it. That's um. You know, I, I feel like we've gotten to know each other a little bit, so you know, just kind of being—I'm just being straight with you. Hopefully, that sounds a little bit better. Um, got the whole you know studio set up here. You know, whenever we do this, it's uh, there's this ringing that's in the headphones. I don't really need to wear the headphones, but I do just because I, you know, I'm, I'm used to it trying to train that way. And there's this ringing sound—you don't hear it, but it's there. And um, anyway, it's uh, just just one of those things. But at any rate. Um, that's not the reason for uh, for my for my anger or the reason for uh, doing a program in the middle of the week. Not you know not something that I typically will do every once in a while when circumstances call for it. And I certainly believe that uh, this one does. I was actually going to go uh, live tonight on the Facebook and do uh, some stuff, but um, I got to work out. So there, there's something. There's a, there's a breakup in the force while the network operational. Uh, uh, facilities and you know uh, equipment and so forth is is more uh, you know established and in place and able to to be you know utilized in, in many facets in better functionality than ever. Uh, while that is the case, part man just felt like turning the mic up a little bit there. Uh, while that is certainly the case, wow, that definitely is uh, much much better. Well, that is the case. Uh, it still is uh, there's elusive in terms of being able to go uh, on the Facebook Live, which this is, by the way, if you're somebody that enjoys what we do here, um, I am going to be, uh, you know, having from time to time live sessions uh, for the DBN network and also on the dogsbynature.com on Facebook. So like if you're if you're on Facebook, you probably are. Um, you know, like the page uh, the DBN network uh, on Facebook. Uh, you can also friend me easy weave, but uh, more importantly also uh, dogsbynature.com well dog the dogsbynature at Facebook. Um, the site is dogsbynature.com which you're probably aware of already, but like those pages and from time to time we will be going live as we get more comfortable with this whole setup and you know some of the folks that we've had on uh, lately with more frequency hope, hopefully just able to do more more types of stuff like that uh, so it's not a, um, you know, a little bit more interaction hopefully but at any rate uh, the reason that today is different is because of course it was the big news the big decision day that uh, coach Hugh Jackson named 
Kevin Hogan, the starting quarterback, uh, effectively uh, ending the uh, at least the first part of the experiment with Deshaun Kaiser and no uh word as to well, I mean there's you could speculate uh, coach Jackson certainly hasn't slammed the door on the situation he uh, uh said he has you know um expects Kaiser to have a bright future and so on I I you know there's a lot to um discuss with this this is a a pretty important um development and I want to start off in in talking about this by acknowledging a, a couple of things in the first place, you know, I'm just a guy that, you know, with a microphone who was able to get, you know, some other people to get, you know, microphones. And we just do this, you know, we're, we're Browns fans talking to Browns fans. I don't pretend to be some expert on anything, really. Um, I But I do have a passion for a lot of things. And, you know, I'm, you do too. So I don't know how I, I am expert on some things, probably not things that we've ever talked about. Maybe. I don't know. But at any rate, it's um, really an opinion-based, you know, living that we have here on the network, where we're really just coming to you with our thoughts and you know feelings about whatever is going on, and that's you know no different here. So when I talk to you about any of these items, uh, and, and I'm really saying this for the purpose of differentiating the way that we do things here as opposed to the way that other media outlets do, I'm not going to come on here and talk in a way that presupposes is that my opinion on this is the last opinion that needs to be heard about it, or that I have some sort of great authority that if I'm not listened to, then that means that everybody else in the world is the biggest buffoon on the planet. I, I'm, what, I, what it is to say is I have I take my own opinion with a grain of salt from the standpoint that I've watched NFL football for you know 25 years over well over the, longer than that, and you know. And college football and everything else, and, and I've you know, lived life and everything else. I, I have my opinions on the game that have formed over time, but I've never run a team, and I've never you know run a Super Bowl team. And so, if you are if you are somebody that has run a team and has run a Super Bowl team, then hey, you know I don't know how you are listening to this <laughs> this show, but you know you can then you can definitely shake off everything that I'm saying if you're listening to this like yeah, easy, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Right, I'll and here's the point about all of that. I am willing to. I'm saying this right up front. I am willing to seed a lot of my seed, C-E-D-E, seed, um, a lot of my, you know, opinions on this to the experts that I trust. On one hand, as uh, the fellow today said, and I can't I can't give him due because I forget who it was, but I said, really, I don't have any choice in the matter. I kind of have to trust these guys. But I also kind of do. I also kind of believe that, that Hugh Jackson knows more than I do about you know anything football NFL related Sashi Brown same thing I don't know if I'd go that far with Jimmy Haslam but you know that's probably not fair but I I have <laughs> my you know my, my problem with with Haslam has always been that he just it's not even so much the decisions that he's made and the personnel that he's brought in it's that he never has given anything enough time and all of my misgivings, well, I don't even, not even appropriate to say that. In fact, this far into the show, I should have already said this. I want to congratulate Kevin Hogan. I, I think that that is necessary to do. I want to give the kid his props and give him his due. You earned it. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. If, if you happen to be listening to this, which actually is kind of a possibility, I've actually come, I have heard, I have, I have recently been made aware that uh, there are an actual NFL Browns players. I have 
I have reason to believe that have at least heard um, some portion of the DBN network, which is a thrill. And if you happen to be a Browns, first of all, if you're a Browns player um, that's listening to this, I love you and know that that's and that's not you know sycophant bootlicking. I'm just saying you're a member of my of the team that I love that I have loved for you know most of my life, and so you know there's a deep respect and and admiration that is there. If you if you are actually listening to this, then there's an honor uh, I, I feel uh, with with regard to all of that. So I just kind of uh, you know, got off a tangent a little bit there. If it's if, if possible that somebody is listening to this that knows Kevin Hogan and he hears this, you I mean you earned it. I mean you beat Cody Kessler out from uh, you know really from being beyond. I mean it was really he didn't even get in the first couple of games and beat him out in the preseason to get that and and be, I, I effectively beat out Osweiler too for that matter because he gets the second string job and then when he has had a chance to come in, I mean the reason that he's getting a chance to come in is is that he uh, performed. Uh, you know, he 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 did stuff when he was on the field. So you know, I have to to say that that congratulations, the OE absolutely earned it. Good for you. And from this point on, I mean, I'm going to be pulling for you. I mean, I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader in terms of hoping that you make it. Everything that I say from this point on has a nothing, a nothing personal, a nothing personal with any of this. Um, for me, it has always been about the name on the front of the jersey, not the name on the back. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just being real here. And by the way, NFL players have been, you know, we've had a lot of them that have come and gone through here that when the time came and they were able to bounce, you know, I don't begrudge Alex Mack for going and, and you know, getting getting to a place where he could get closer to winning a championship than he was obviously going to ever be able to do here, at least in the, the time of his career. I don't have a problem with Alex Mack. I don't really have any you know love for him either i mean once you leave you're done you know that's that's it now there's exceptions of course joshua cribs is somebody that you know uh i'll, I'll always love that guy and um I'm, I'm saying that i i i don't have um you know no feeling of uh, uh you know connection to to the players that are in these positions and when i talk about all of these things and the same thing with Hugh Jackson and Sashi Brown i mean I've, i have a sort of a bond with them right because i really do believe there's no doubt in my mind that they want the absolute best for the franchise long term short term they want this team to win i thought also the same thing about Mike Pettin and Ray Farmer um, I, there's no doubt about that. So we are on the same team as far as that goes. And, and it's certainly all of the players, Kevin Hogan, Deshaun, everybody. I know that, that everybody wants what's best. So we're all on the same team as far as that goes. There's a mutual respect, understanding, adulation, uh, admiration. And in my, in my case, and a recognizance that I don't know a lot of things. So these are this is all opinion-based. And I also, therefore, when I form opinions on things... If the organization goes in a different direction than what my opinion is, no matter how strongly I feel about it, my general proclivity is to uh, concede, you know, my point on the matter and and accept basically what the company line is, so to speak, because number one, I can't do anything about it. And number two, I want it to work right. I And it's. If it's a lot easier to, to believe that something can work if you actually believe that something can work. If you go into it thinking, I, I say this all the time in terms of just life experiences. If you believe that you will fail at something, you will prove yourself right 100% of the time. There's all sorts of other ways to say that. But essentially, you know, if, if you're going to be successful at something, you kind of have to believe that you can be, right? 
So, you know, there, from, from a, just an attitudinal standpoint, if something happens... Um, I'm also, and again, at the same time, I'm also going to expect that while I may have, like, for example, a draft, I scout all these players, and I have my opinion of who you know I want us to take at various points in time. But I'm going to assume that our guys, you know, spent more time scouting these players and more time looking at the film and and everything else. So you know, while I would take player A at selection, you know, at, at whatever you know number selection we we're at, and they take a totally different guy that wasn't even on my my list, I'm not going to immediately assume, wow, what a stupid pick that the team just make. I'm going to instead, my default reaction is going to be, all right, let me take a look at that player. That is obviously somebody that I missed, or I hoped that's somebody that I missed, and it's not just us taking a wild swing in the dark, because look, the other reality is, while I have, you know, talked at length about how, you know, lack of continuity and, and you know, just constant blowing up and, and the, you know, the adverse effects that that has on your roster development, such as it, it is um, there's no doubt that we've also drafted a bunch of really bad players. So I'm not. I, there's no. I, I don't have any um, illusion or illusions in my mind that this team is infallible. Certainly, actually, when you get right down to it, a lot of the reasons why I have the the you know hard earned and, and hard won um, you know viewpoints that i have on things because i have a very what i hoped what i tried to be a very realistic uh, understanding of human nature and kind of you know plan against the uh fallibility of both the in this case the general manager and the coach but you know i mean in business this is a you know general thing as well but you know which is to say i know that sashi brown is going to make mistakes i know that hugh jackson's going to make mistakes i know that Anybody that we have at, the, at those two positions are going to make mistakes. I also know that there's going to be times where I'm going to appear to have gotten something right about something that they didn't get right about. But that doesn't... All I'm trying to say is that I come at this with a very healthy level of respect, and I have my reasons for it, which is why this decision is really really troubling now that's not like a giant you know okay uh, everything up to butt is is bs no no no, i'm I'm not i don't want to take that tone either but i came into this year i mean y'all know me i'm I'm willing to you know to put up with with a lot of bad football if at the end of it you know bup said this uh, about a year ago if somebody could present to him a 10-year plan that would guaranteed work you know, we would be bad and mediocre and then kind of good and then eventually really good at the end of 10 years, I would sign up for that plan. And no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Today, especially after today, I'd do it. I would absolutely do it. Now, that may be what we actually have here, but there's no guarantee that this is going to work. This is the point. I'm willing to be as patient. I mean, I'm, I'm very willing. I've been patient for 20 years watching this team now. The last, you know, well, 18, I'm, I'm rounding up a little bit. But they've been, you know, just constantly spinning their wheels. And yet here I am, here you are, here we are after all this time. We've, we've exhibited patience. I talked on Sunday about the we, right? The, the, the difference between the we that, that draft these players that changes every two years and the we that watch these players, which we're here constantly. That dynamic, that juxtaposition is a very, um, it, it causes a disconnect between people 
that watch this this team and people that run this team, and it's why it causes, I, I think, and this is not a criticism, this is just an observation, why uh, a lot of times I see fans jump to conclusions about what to do about you know these, these circumstances. But the plan for me for this year was you come into it with um, a, a quarterback that has you know a lot of uh, potential he certainly was you know among the top he was he was the top four yeah he was a second round pick he slid further than I thought a lot of people thought that he would but he also showed a lot of potential in the preseason and there was a you know kind of a a ceremonial um this is our quarterback we're going to ride with him you know moment at the beginning of the season now the reason that this whole people get you know, every year antsy about the notion that we're going to have a quarterback controversy, and certainly we, you know, we now have one. Uh, of course, we have one every year. You know, to the extent whenever we have quarterbacks that are actually worth anything, we always there's a controversy about who should be playing because typically that means there is not one guy that's really much better than the other one, which is why there's a controversy to begin with. Because if we had that guy, then we would we would never really go through this. But you know, Kaiser came out rookie. I thought um, this year certainly he struggled. Uh, but not, I don't think, anywhere near to the extent it's kind of um, uh, ladled on in the threads. But, hey, you know, it's guys talking on the Internet. What do you want? But he's definitely struggled. In mop-up duty, in, in uh, other occasions, when Hogan has come into the game, he's, you know, he's he's done some things and looked pretty good at times. He's looked bad at other times. But, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm saying here that the plan coming into the season was we're going to play Kaiser. And, of course, I laid out my three-pronged you know, uh, game plan, what I consider to be expectations that were reasonable for uh, 2017 in terms of, uh, you know, it, 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 we're not going to be a playoff team. We're not going to be a team that is going to, you know, shock people and, you know, even really be a, probably a spoiler, you know, for too many people. Man, maybe that that's possible. I was hoping for a modest improvement in win total, a true development effort of an actual franchise caliber quarterback prospect, and at the end of the year, everybody remains intact. That was the that was that was it. Four and twelve. Kaiser starts every game. No blow up. That was it. That was my. And those three things are tied to each other, because again, I've talked about this before. You can you can make the decision on Kaiser, uh, and determine that he can't play, and you still have the flexibility to move along because you got him in the second round. We've talked about that before. It's just that you've now done this much earlier in the process than it need be, and we'll get to. As we go along here, what you know, the, the, uh, why it's so significant doing this now, and why it's not really quite so easy to just reverse course on this, because the quarterback position is so valuable. But by not sticking with that plan, you now have kind of opened up the net, so to speak, for the um, well. I mean, the the what the actual progress points look like, and also. You know, Kevin Hogan has problems. We don't really know what they are yet. We don't know what they fully are yet, but we're going to find out. I mean, unless this guy really is, you know, Tom Brady in his second year, uh, you know, ready to come off the bench and just be amazing for us. And I'd l- look it. I, you know, Kevin, if you're out there listening, br- do it, brother. Do it. I will be I will be your biggest fan and trust me. Anybody that knows me will tell you I am more than willing to admit when I'm wrong about anything. I mean, but especially, you know, I, I just I'm just 
saying I'm, I'm not expecting you to I'm not, I don't have those expectations on on you Kev if you're out there I, I don't have those expectations that you are going to uh, you know go out and be Tom Brady I don't I don't have that I'm not going to put that on you to go out there and win every game for the rest of the year that's not me saying that you can't do it I man I mean look there's as far as the actual you know traits are concerned I got no problem with the arm strength he's got great mobility the size is fine I mean you know he's he uh, the pedigree at Stanford he started a whole buttload of games and coming out of Stanford I was I remember watching him I'm like you know this actually we should probably take a look at this guy and BY my buddy um, you know who's who's a huge Stanford guy uh, was like no nah, man there's 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 no way there's just he's not a, he's not an NFL quarterback I'm like what are you talking about then I watched some tape okay I see what he's talking about and a lot of it had to do with the mechanics. Now he spent, you know, a lot of time last year fixing the mechanics, and it, it, they, they look a lot better this year. No, no doubt about it. He looks a lot better this year. Um, but there's other things um, about his level of place thus far that call that into question. But again, you know, that not not getting bogged down in all of that. He's got problems that defensive coordinators are going to identify, and this is true of, of anybody. Um, you know, a, a young you take. A quarterback and put him in. We've talked about this before too. There are guys out there that can start right away, and there's guys out there that you need to sit. And of those guys, there are guys out there that if they need to sit and you put them in the game, um, it could wreck them. And I submit that those guys probably weren't NFL caliber quarterbacks anyway. Um, and then there's guys that you put them in and they probably should have sat but you start them and they actually end up you know being okay well all right that that happens there's also guys that you know if they if you're similarly there's guys that should start right away and you sit them well some of those guys turn out to be okay and other guys it just they never make it now matt wood for example thinks of that well i should put it well words in his mouth but he kind of alludes to that being the case with johnny manzel or actually more effectively in his uh uh Defense, or in his in in his uh, argument, it's that we would have found out that he was a turd a lot quicker had we started him right away. Okay, fine, fair enough. But what I'm saying is that every individual circumstance is different. That's the whole point. There is no one size fits all way to do this. That's why we. That's that's what this discussion is all about. If it was just this cut and dried, and there was a blueprint for how to do this, then that's what we would be doing. But the whole point of moneylytics, you know, uh, the the, the sashy ball, all of that is. It's about maximizing our swings of the bat. <sighs> I wish I wouldn't have said that, <laughs> but it's it's and and minimizing uh, the impact of the 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 bad swings that we take, so to speak. You know that's that's what all of this is about, and it also is going to take time, especially when you rip it down to the studs. Not going to rehash all of that, but when you have this this plan that you're going to start with a quarterback. And that quarterback is going to struggle. I mean, look, he's going to have his problems. The, the difference is that any quarterback, Hogan now is in this position, Kaiser was in this position before, when they struggle, when defenses adjust to what you're doing, because a lot of times a guy, a guy will come in, and maybe maybe some of this has happened with, with Hogan already, a guy will come in, he'll have a little bit of success. Uh, Hoyer is a good example of this, I think. Uh, and others, you know that you know they have a little bit of success, but then defenses get film on them, and then they're able to figure out how to defense them, and then the whole thing comes crashing down. The good ones, the guys that break through and become the franchise caliber guys, they figure out how to improve their game to react to what the defense is doing to try to stop them. That's this now. In order to get there, I firmly believe that you got to just play the guy. You got to let him play through it. You got to, you know, you got to go. You you just got to do it. And to my mind, that's what we were doing with Deshaun Kaiser. And this was a game this last week. I know how frustrating it was. I mean, we talked afterwards. 
and speculated that all of this could happen, you know. But, um, you know, it, it was a game that, especially after the first half, we could have been dominating that game, but a couple of stupid mistakes by a rookie quarterback. It's exactly the type of game that you expect to happen, all right? And and I know that nobody wants to be at 0-5, but you saw a team that was obviously, in my mind, it was obviously improving. And now you have, um, and, and along, okay, let me finish that train of thought. Along with that is Kaiser improving, Kaiser developing, Kaiser week to week getting better at what he is trying to, getting more, you know, chemistry with the offensive unit. Which, of course, that, that that's the crucial element. The new quarterback comes in, changes everything for the rest of the offense. Um, but he's developing that, you know, that the wide receivers, for example, were much better last week. Not, you know, not to say that that's attributable to Kaiser, but I'm just saying that as the season were to go along, I'm confident that they would have put together enough of those performances, but where they don't have a bunch of, you know, give up, basically gift them two touchdowns while, uh, you know, having four red zone, you know, f ups. That, that's that's the sort of thing that, you know, as the season goes along, we're not going to do that, and we end up winning about four games. All right. And then when you're done with all of that, you can say we invested all this time in the rookie quarterback, and now we go into next year with you know that with with that that's pretty much going to be our option. We're going to go into there with him as our quarterback. We're going to continue with what we built onto this year, um, unless the big you know the, the big caveat to that being mostly injury, or if he just played so badly that you know you had to make a move, and that's evidently the decision that Hugh has made. That he was just so bad and so underprepared that that this decision needed to be made. And look, judging by the polling data on uh, the website, it would appear that a lot of people agree with that. Okay, um, if that is if that is in fact the um, the you know the 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 reality of all of this, uh, you know, I have a hard time buying that after five games and really, you know, uh, four games because he missed half the Baltimore game and half of the game last week. Uh, you know, so after four games, we're making the determination that this kid, you know, doesn't have it. Now, a lot of people are of the mind that, uh, you know, what's going to end up happening here is that Kaiser, you know, Hogan's going to play a little bit and then Kaiser's going to end up coming back at some point. I don't think that you can really do that. I just I just don't think that you can really do that with a rookie quarterback and an offensive football team. I mean, yeah, I guess the season's going to be pre- it's pretty much lost anyway. But I'm just talking it's just not something that is done because of the dynamic of the offense. And when you have a guy and you have your team believing in the guy and then your coach basically says, "No, no reason to believe in that guy because he has failed." Well, how do you get that confidence back when it's time to put that guy back in? I'm not saying that it's impossible. I'm just saying it's really, really, and it almost never happens for that team. You know, the examples that were brought up, really the only two examples. And, and tell me, if, you, if you're hearing this and you're like, no, man, this happened in like 05 or 06. No, you don't know what you're talking about. When does it happen that you bench a guy that starts the season and then without injury occurring, you bring him back in at some point and it works out for, for anybody? And it, the two examples that uh, were brought up were Drew Brees with uh, Doug Flutie in his rookie year, and uh, the other one was Steve McNair. Now, McNair uh, didn't start a whole lot his rookie year, and in his second year, apparently, him and and, uh, uh, Chandler uh, switched up. Okay, didn't remember that. Those are two decent examples, Um, but we're also talking about 20 years ago, and that's really the only examples that 
you know that you could really think of in the modern era. It just doesn't happen because there are so few reps, you know, for a football team. Um, there's so much in terms of continuity, just from week to week. I mean, you install a new quarterback; it's not, it's it's not just an interchangeable piece. I mean, the quarterback is the brain of the offense, and to 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 you know swap it in and out, it's just not something that you can really go back to. Um, it, it's just not something that's done, and I'm not doing a very good job of explaining the why on this. Uh, and uh, but but a lot of that is is um, what what really fulminates my uh, thoughts here with respect to why this is such a big deal. To my mind, what the benching of Deshaun Kaiser really means is that they've basically decided to move on. I know that Hugh says he's going to have a good future and everything, but realistically, I mean, at what point is he going to come back into this year? About the best case scenario is that, you know, Hogan does middling but okay, and uh, you know Kaiser. Comes, I mean, what if Hogan goes out there and stinks up the joint? That's another. That's another question altogether. But honestly, what do you do then at that point? You bring. Do you bring? This is why I was asking on Sunday. People are going to start ro- warming up the truck for uh, Kessler. Because what do you do? I mean, if if Hogan goes out, let's say let's say that Hogan goes out there on, and I'm not suggesting that this is going to happen. Although it is my prediction, <laughs> ultimately, let's just say that Hogan goes out there and his debut is. Uh, um, it's 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 a combination of Whedon and Manziel's first games. Okay, it's that bad. It's worse than that. All right. What do you do? Do you go back to Kaiser the next? I don't, I don't think I don't think that you can do that, and I don't think that your offensive football team is going to take what you're doing seriously. We talk about losing the locker room. I think that's how you lose a locker room. I think that's why it never happens. That's why you don't see, you know, for example, two quarterbacks that, like, swap plays. I remember uh, the the, uh, the Broncos tried doing this with a guy. I want to say his name was Sean White. I, I can't remember. He was, a, But he was uh, uh, switch hitting with uh, Tommy Maddox because the Broncos drafted Tommy Maddox to be uh, Elway's heir apparent back in the day. And, you know, that didn't work out. Maddox ended up with the Stullers later on, but I remember there was a game they played in Buffalo where Maddox started, and this other guy, uh, I I remember his first name was Sean, and I just remember that um, that uh, he was that he was um, uh, you know, switch hitting, he was playing with, uh, you know, like, he would go in for one play, and then Maddox would go in for another play. That's because Elway was hurt, and they didn't really have any other options. I I can't think of another time that's ever happened, and I can't think of another time where you've had two quarterbacks that you could just interchange. But, okay, fine. If that's what it is, um, I think that there's probably something that could be said about, um, you know, the notion that uh, they've seen what they need to see out of Kaiser, and there are certainly people that have come to this conclusion, and therefore... It's time to see what we have in Hogan. You know, five games into it seems really, really fast to me. But then if Hogan is showing him stuff, this is the other side of the coin. If Hogan is showing him stuff that leads them to believe that, you know what, maybe we got something in this kid. Maybe we got something with this guy that, you know, maybe there's something, you know, he didn't. Look, people, you know, slobbed all over. That's not the right way to say that. The people were very, very, very enthusiastic about the uh, prospect that was Andrew Luck. And, uh, you know, he came from, he, he was the guy that preceded uh, Kevin Hogan. So Hogan basically played in the same system that Luck did. 
you know, but luck, of course, luck has, you know, tremendous uh, physical attributes, good accuracy, and so on. And I'm not saying that Kaiser's or I'm not, uh, that uh, Hogan's accuracy is is terrible. It's certainly not Brian Hoyer or uh, anything like that. But it's, um, you know, it, it's it's it, I, I, there's nothing about it that's special as far as I've I, I, again. I'm, I don't want to. Uh, cut down on Hogan here. That's not the point of all of this. But it's just that now it, it really, to me, it looks like the, the, the reason I spent so much time talking about the you know the whole quarterback room and and, and, the, and the offensive team you know composition. The way that uh, reason that's so important is because I think that that leads to now Hogan is not just. I think people are looking at this as yeah we're going to put Kaiser you know to the side here and now we're going to see. We ha- I no I think that this is for real. Like w- when we do this when we turn the key when we step through that door now it's going to be Kevin Hogan. Now it's going to be Hogan's team. And look like I said at the outset I man I hope. I hope that he just takes control of this thing and is the last guy, you know, to uh, to to have, you know, on that jersey. That he's our you know our starter for that. I mean, he's a young guy, what, like 20, 24, 25. He's not he's not that old, and he could play, you know, for years and years and years and years and years. And I already mentioned, he's, you know, got as far as the physical attributes, the arms fine, and nothing wrong with the arm as far as um, I, I, the arms fine, the mobility's great, pocket presence, you know, pretty decent. What the one thing that you know I always said about uh, quarterbacks with um, you know how you go about looking at what success and what you look for, guys that can from the pocket make smart, quick decisions and sharp, accurate throws. And for the most part, he does make, you know, uh, he makes quick decisions. Whether they're the right decisions or not, you know, a lot of people, in looking closer at him, it looks like he may get a little bit one-reedy. You know, he locks on a guy, and yeah, the ball comes out quick, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's it's the right uh, um, read and the right call. But, you know, at the same time, he's also a young guy, and he could get better with time. And so that's kind of why I think that it, it's, it may... All right, we started at the beginning of the year with Kaiser taking a lot of sacks, and that being a function of the processing speed. And really, throughout this whole time, a lot of us that have, have liked what we've seen from him to this point have said, you know, we got a lot of the good stuff down, the you know, way that he runs the offense, and the and for a, a lot of it, the pocket presence, and, and doing a lot of really good things. But there's two things that, you know, sometimes the accuracy is suspect, and there's the, the slow processing. Well... You know, as I say, Hugh's been around for a long time. Maybe he has figured that through now seven weeks of Kaiser running and knowing, you know, from previous experience with other quarterbacks, you know, how long it took for them to get to that level. You know, maybe he's the, just determined at this point that, you know, this kid Kaiser, he's, he's going to be, you know, a good player in terms of, you know, he's going to be our, our backup or whatever. He's going to be a quarterback in the league, but he's just probably not going to be the guy. And I'd, I, at the same time, I'm seeing this guy Hogan and I'm seeing some stuff here where he's processing things a little bit faster. Yeah, there's things I'm not liking, but um, I want to, um, I think it's probably worth exploring. And look, if there is some juice in Hogan, definitely not the right way. <laughs> if there is, if there's some potential in the kid, if there's, if if, if there's a spark, if there's definitely, um, you know, something about him that is worth looking into, if it's possible that this could be our guy, well, then, yeah, he, he probably needs to see some time. He probably needs to play some games. It wouldn't be right. I mean, some people at the end of the, the Manziel era were saying, like, five. we've got to see in five games what we, we can do so that we can see what we have. Five games ain't enough time. I don't think five games is enough time. Uh, but uh, but at the same time, I, I, from the, the exact same uh, side of the coin, it's it's the thinking is is that they've seen enough in Kaiser, 
uh, where they're able to make that determination. I just I just don't think that you can come back from this. This is the point. I just don't think that you can that you can um, put the toothpaste back in the tube. When you get to this level, I just I I think that when you you know you pick a starter and that guy runs with the team, and then if if he fails and he has to you know hit the bench, well then you know great effort. But now new guy is coming in, and unless new guy gets hurt. You know, that, that's just the way that it is, because that's just always the way that it is. And for the aforementioned reasons, that you know, because, I mean, you're, the team's not going to take your coach seriously if the coach is going to be making that drastic of a determination, absent some really, you know, drastic circumstances, like, you know, a player, um, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, videotaping himself doing lines of cocaine on Twitter to somebody. Something like that, all right? Unless it's something like that. You know, you just don't see this happening. So then, you know, looking at, you know, Hogan, um, I'm, I'm definitely going to be uh, hopeful that he's able to continue maintaining that that sp- speed, that rapid, that rapidity of progression where he's taking the snap, getting the ball out, getting it out quickly, and hopefully getting better with... I got. I will say this. I, I will admit this. I don't know if it's admitting it, but because, I, I mean, I've been shell-shocked by this team for the longest time. But... I'm uh, I'm watching the other night and it's third and five, and I got to admit that at that moment I was already resigned to us punting the ball. I, I, I was third and five, we're, we're done. But Hogan, I mean, he takes the takes the snap, makes the read, uh, gets the uh, pass out to Devalve, and it's a first down. Now, I don't think that we scored on that drive ultimately, but you know he's done some some decent things. And I I personally, all right, just I I don't think that what he's done. Warrants, you know, play that is so much better that he needs to be getting in there at the expense of seeing the well, not just not not seeing necessarily the uh, the progress in in Kaiser, but just that that progress happening. Whether or not we see it or not, whether or not we can digest it, taste it, feel it, you know, and and, and observe it with our oh yeah, I can see him. He's definitely getting better there. To me, that's never been been the deal. To me, winning this year, other than again a couple of modest you know improvements over last year. Four and twelve from one and fifteen. Yeah, that's that's pretty nice. That's a nice improvement. Uh, but the, the real prize, the real goal here, was getting solid development of a guy that could become our quarterback, our franchise quarterback, the guy. Now, I'm probably being a bit short sighted, and immediately, I guess, actually, the, the point of this is that because of the decision today, I'm not writing off uh, the possibility that Hogan could be that guy. You know, until Hugh makes this decision, I kind of do schluff it off. Now I kind of have to take a look at Hogan a lot more seriously and say, all right, what do you got, kid? Can you go out there and do th- Can you be the guy? Because, look, man, if you can, then you're my guy. You know, and I, like I say, I will be happy to admit that I was wrong, 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 wrong about what my um, evaluation of you was going into all of this. But I got, you know, but it, it's, you know, look, man to man. You know, can 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 we, can we be frank here? I, I mean, I've seen the that jer- when I talk about that jersey, you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about that one that's got all of the names on the back of it, from Ty Detmer all the way on down to now Kevin Hogan. It's got the duck. It's got the tape on it. They talked about it being retired after uh, they, when the Cavaliers won the championship, but nah, nah, I didn't get retired. It's still there. And your name is now on it. What you got to understand is I've watched all of them. I've watched every single one of them. And at some point, at, whether it was the first, you know, 
whether you know before they took their first snap under center, there was a part of me that thought, "What if this is the guy? Maybe we're seeing the guy right here. Maybe." This is the guy. Now, of course, actually, no, that's not true. Josh McCown is a huge, and actually Hoyer, those two guys, both of them are huge examples of this. But I had Hoyer is the one guy that going into that game against Minnesota, I had zero expectation. They remember he was the they went from he was the, he was the third string quarterback and Chud was like yeah you know what I'm benching Whedon actually Whedon got hurt but I'm not going to go with the second string guy I'm going to go with the third string guy and it worked it, I, Chud. I hope Chud becomes the coach of the Colts. I'll be. I will root for for him if that happens. But at any rate, um, everybody else, all those other guys that are on that list, at one point or another, you look at that and you say, "Yeah, you know." Before Bruce Gregkowski actually throws a pat. Well, that's not fair because I watched him down in Tampa before he went there, and I kind of knew already that uh, that that wasn't going to work out. But you get what I'm saying. Um, the odds are long out there. the The chance that you're actually going to break them this is. I, I mean, look. Kevin, if you're still there, I mean, I, and I hope that you are. You know, I'm, I'm I'm pulling for you, brother. I'm pulling for you with everything that I got. You know, but I'm just saying, it's 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 a it's a it's a tough road. But you know what? I mean, I, let that you know, let that be. Uh, you know, the, the 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 drive that gets you there. You know, fifth round draft pick and then waved, and we picked him up off the practice squad, and well, not from the practice squad, pitch signed him off of waivers, plucked him off of waivers. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, Getting the chance, fighting through it, you know, clearing adversity and, and, you know, winning it all. Look, man, if you're able to do that, then, you know, like I say, you you will be my hero. And and everybody else is at the same time. Uh, But it's going to be tough out there. It's going to be tough slogging. And here's the thing, too. If he goes out there... This is what's going to be tough. This really is. This this is going to be. This is what's going to be tough, because this whole time I have uh, been really, you know, not preaching, but I've I've certainly been advocating patience for Kaiser. And now, my friends, um, we're going to have to be patient with Hogan. It's it's not going to be uh, time for when Hogan screws up, and he's gonna. It's gonna happen. When Hogan screws up, it's not going to be time for us to be like, well, you know, I might as well be Kaiser. At least Kaiser's got an NFL you know, process. It's, it's, that, that's wasted energy, y'all. I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life. Do what you're going to do. I'm, I'm just saying. For my for my own you know, health and happiness and well-being, um, it, it's it's now time to, all right, Kevin, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to patiently watch his mistakes now and hope that through time and and progression and uh, you know reps and all that stuff experience and you know the grit that he has you know that 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 he's able to um you know to, to get that done and uh, um I'm, I'm gonna I'm you know I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to bite my tongue in the sense that I kind of expected a lot of bad stuff is gonna happen because. I'm going to have to see that the light at the end of the tunnel is that Hugh thinks that he's obviously got some chops and maybe he can, you know, he, maybe he can do something out there. Uh, he would be the first bronze to ever do so, by the way, um, just, you know, to bring to bring Semtex into it. Although, the you got, got to put a huge asterisk on that because, of course, I, you know, I haven't talked about Semtex in a while, so if I don't, Ethan Young, if, you, if you're out there or if you know Ethan, hey, dude, you told me you were going to let me interview you one time a long time ago. I'm just, you know, holla at your boy. I'd like to, you know, I'd love to, I mean, I've talked about your uh, your metrics so many times. You should, you know. Maybe if I get out and talk about Slaytick, you will, but either way, um, the thing about Semtex is that it doesn't, hit 
all of you know every college conference. So like you know we don't know for example what Carson Wentz was because it doesn't you know gauge the conference that he played in. But either way, uh, you know if you're if the fact that you know Hogan is the guy when we got Kessler who's a, a gold and Kaiser who's a silver and neither one of those guys I'm telling you Kessler's going to get back in the mix at some point here uh, the way that this is all uh, looking. But look as I say Hogan's going to make his mistakes. And it may be that uh, what is determined here uh, between now and the end of the year is that, uh, you know, that Kaiser's not the guy and Hogan's not the guy. And I'm really going to be curious if that is what is determined, if that's what really is ironclad determined here by the time we are done with all of this, what the win total is going to be. Um, And and again, I'm not, you know, win totals and uh, that that, that wasn't what this season was was all about for me and really still isn't. But look, um, you have to ask the question because of the track record here. You know, what really is behind this decision? Is there any influence in, in any of this? I, you know, I don't again, I don't want to cast aspersions. I'm not an aspersions caster. But if Jim is up there saying, hey, son, I'm really tired of seeing this rookie. And, and Hogan, when he comes out there, he looks better. You know, that'd be very troubling to me if that's what's going on here. Of course, if that's what's going on, then this is all of this is probably academic anyway. Um, I, I, so I guess I should say I, I should I should really just end it right there. That what I I my total expectation my total i have no reason to believe anything other than this was hugh jackson's decision he made it with the best long-term and short-term you know vision for the team in mind that is that is i i am going to proceed from this point forward with that total um expectation of reality you know that that is what's happening here in, in, in as far as I can, until it is you know proven otherwise that he was under duress or under some sort of other pressure to uh, to make this move. So with that in mind, you know if he makes that move and he wasn't pressured by anybody, and we end the year with maybe only one or two wins, you know is 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 uh, Haslam going to um you know go, is he going to pull the trigger? And really. Uh, it kind of comes down to that, you know. There, there's, there's, there's stakes now. I, I, I don't really think that there were stakes in 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 mind when uh, Kaiser was there. Because again, I thought, okay, you, you're going to allow a lot, um, but the the long picture view here. Well, when you, you when you kind of you know abdicate that, now we're moving on to Plan B already. Well, I, I just I, I got to wonder if that changes narrows you know what the expectations are. If we're if we're going to abandon our number fifty two pick overall. On you know going with um, you know a hunch I guess or going with a guy that yeah he's shown some stuff when he's coming in relief duty but how many times have we seen guys come in and do that and then when defenses get tape on them and we've hashed that all out so I wonder if there's going to be a difference of expectations now and if that's the case you know I'm not I I, I want to tread very lightly through this um, through this minefield because I I am not for um, uh, the idea at all, uh, anything as far as regime change or regime, you know, changing pieces and so forth, uh, with, with respect to the, you know, the the GM and the coach, I, I'm 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 not for that, and I'm I vehemently I am so 
opposed to that, but I kind of feel like, <laughs> which, I, you know, I, I usually preface things by saying I think this, I think that. I kind of feel like, which is to say I don't really know, but I have a sense, right? Um, I could be wrong, but I, and I can't really back it up with hard data. But I kind of feel like, you know, Hogan kind of has to now go out and win some games if, if this whole thing is going to continue. I definitely think, as far as the stakes for him are concerned, Hogan's got this year to prove himself, and that's it. Like, if, he, if, if he's going to be a guy in this league, this is a year he's, he's going to get. But he is going to get a chance, and you got to hand it to the kid. You know, he, he went out there, and he proved, at least to Hugh, and Hugh is t- maybe staking his career on it, that, you know, that, that, um, that he can play. You know he's 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 shown enough that he can go out there and at least earn the opportunity to to maybe be the Browns, uh, you know, franchise quarterback. All right, well he's going to get that chance. If it doesn't work out, um, you know the stakes for him are well then he, he probably at very least is going to be a, a serviceable backup. Um, that that seems to be you know uh, a trajectory of his. It's also possible, I suppose, at some point that if he gets hurt, uh, Kaiser comes back in. Uh, again, a lot of people are kicking around the notion that he could play. I don't know, uh, bad, and then we put Kaiser in at some point. I just, I just, I just don't think that you can do that. Uh, I think what what could happen possibly is that uh, Kessler could come back up at some point if uh, if if Hogan is kind of like average. You know, if he's kind of like, ah, eh, you know, he's he's mediocre. We win a, co- a couple of games, but he's kind of like, I kind of like Hoyer. You know, uh, but but not with um, with the fun times, just the you know the middling times. You know, then possibly at some point the Kaiser could return later on in the year. I just again, I don't see that scenario as likely or really even possible. I really think that the only time that Kaiser is going to come back this year is if Hogan gets injured. And honestly, I think that if uh, if that happens, that's not really going to be about developing Kaiser um, at that point. You may see a really pared down offense. And I could be totally off about all of this. It could very well be that Hugh is just saying, hey, you know, that I threw too much at him too fast. Now I need to cool him off a little bit. A lot of people are, are going with that uh, presupposition. And, I, you know, okay, fine. Uh, you know, that, that, I suppose it's just not something that's ever done. And so if um, – and, and look, <clears throat> ultimately the reason why it's not done is because it just destroys team chemistry, and that is important at some level. And if that happens and the team quits on him – well then, let's explore, as I say, <clears throat> the um, a, a very um, uncomfortable subject for me. This is really the, uh, a large source of my uh, bad mood, and eh, not the the whole thing, but <clears throat> a lot of it has to do with um, the, the idea of there having to be repercussions if another one in fifteen or two in fourteen season happens. Again, I, I am all for if we don't win a game this year, keep everybody together. But, you know, I, 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 I also know, you know, I, 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 there's the way things are and there's the way things ought to be. There, that's just the way life is. It's like I said at the beginning of all of this. You know, I would have drafted Carson Wentz. I would have drafted Mahomes or Trubbs. I would have done things a lot differently. But you don't see me banging the drum every day talking about what we should have, could have, would have done. Because we didn't do those things. And what we did do is the only thing that really matters because that's my team, right? The players that we drafted are on the team that I love. So that's that's what we have to work with, right? That's that's what there is. What there is not is what didn't happen. And so I don't spend a whole lot of time, you know, uh, you know speculating on, on all of that. Uh, at the same time, 
I can't really, you know, put my head in the sand about the reality that if this team does go, you know, one and fifteen, two and fourteen, three and thirteen, I, I kind of picked four and twelve. I kind of that there was a very, you know, strategical reason why, so I felt like that was the number that was going to be necessary to mollify, you know, uh, trigger figure, trigger finger Jimma. You know, that's that's what I'm. That was the 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 problem all along. And if that does happen and he fires Hugh Jackson, I'm going to suggest here that it's possible that that could happen and it might not be the absolute worst thing, which I know for those of you that know me would think that's I can't believe easy is turning around on this. Trust me, I'm not really there. There's there's just a reality about how we have done things. That has been true because it's been true, but not because it has to be true. And I want to um, talk specifically. I don't know if uh, NTN Dan uh, listens to the program or not, but he's he's a writer. Uh, uh, not that noise is, is a guy and, and a smart guy who I re- respect and admire. And we've got um, we 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 all have had on the site for a long time. Lots of these discussions about all of everything that we've talked about, and this particular thing um, that I'm going to get into with respect to finding a new coach. We have talked about, I have talked about hours of you know th- hundreds of gallons of electronic ink spilled on this topic, and uh, and and NTN and I were having this discussion yesterday on the threads and on the in the chow specifically and it was this um conversation about how if you fire Hugh Jackson you're not going to get somebody to come here you're not going to get one of the top tier coaching candidates to come here this was a point that principally i was making back in 2015 when people were uh you know banging the drum and pounding the table for to fire Mike Petton and Ray Farmer who I have no, there's no doubt in my mind that both of those guys, you know, could deserve being fired for a variety of reasons. That that was never the point with me. My point was, if we fire these guys, we are going to get worse before we're going to get better. Well, I, I, I don't want to tell you I told you so, but okay, fine. I admitted very, you know, prolifically, and I, I will admit now, I was wrong about that. They were able to get Hugh Jackson, who was the best coaching candidate on the market, no doubt. He was the best guy out there. Uh, and I, you know, I, I went to the post game thread, you know, the, the celebration thread that we hired you, and I, I actually excoriated myself for having been so bloody wrong, you know, about all of that. Now people have been bringing this up again uh and you know ntn brought up the point i just don't see how anybody can have that point of view and i said well okay now i i understand and i kind of have to be careful about this because i was so wrong about it before but at the same time is it not you know even with the benefit of that and knowing that and accepting and conceding that is it not true that you know hugh is kind of the exception and mike Petton and rob chudzinski and uh, pat Shermer are the rule and his argument, his counter to that was, well, no, because we could have, uh, we had interviews with and could have hired guys. We just didn't do that. And he's right about that. There are guys, I mean, we could have hired uh, Bruce Arians. We could have hired, uh, I think uh, Dan Quinn was a guy that was possibly looked at. Um, I, I don't know how serious that is, but he's a, he's a name. We hired Petten before uh, he even had a chance to interview with us. So, because uh, the sea the sea hags were in the, the Super Bowl at that time, so 
um, you know, that's true. But I, and and but I think that there's a a a bit of common ground that we can have on 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 that because. While it may be that there were better coaching candidates that were available at the time, it's not really clear that they were head and shoulders above. I mean, Arians, I think, was. And there were people. Uh, I remember uh, Bill Wills, who does radio in Cleveland, uh, was saying very he, – he was calling him out like, right, Bruce, uh, Bruce Arians, he'd be a really good coaching candidate. And, I, you know, he he's an example of him. But other guys kind of maybe in hindsight 2020 would have, you know, it, you, you can look back and say, okay, that guy would have been a better choice. But my point on this is I, I, it's not so much that we could have hired better coaches than we did. I'm I, I, That's – okay, fine. We could have hired better coaches than we did i'm not arguing that per se but we did target guys that we didn't land in other words we we hired mike Petton when we potentially could have hired uh dan quinn but really we hired mike Petton because we couldn't get either if you believe you know believe what you want to believe but either jim harbaugh or josh mcdaniels now whether or not either of those guys is worth, you know, uh, losing any sleep over, doesn't matter. Those are the guys that we reportedly wanted. Now, that just because we could have gotten Quinn or whoever else was available that ended up being good, we ended up with Petten. And while Petten, um, you know, isn't the best coach that we could have gotten, he was the one that we settled on because we didn't get the guy that we wanted. Now, two years before that, same thing, only it was Chip Kelly that spurned us. And Chip, by the way, I am the president of the, I, you know, I never, again, not going to say I told you so, but I always thought and told everybody that Chip Kelly was going to be a big fat turd in the NFL, and it turned out that way. So we kind of dodged a bullet with that one. Uh... But that was the guy that we wanted. This is the point. We we thought he was the guy. We thought he was, you know, the next hot, fresh thing that was out there that was going to, you know, revolutionize offensive football. That was the guy that we wanted, and he turned us down. Yes, we could have gotten. Uh, I think that was the time that we turned up turned uh, away Arians. Uh, I think that, and, and there's other guys that we could have gotten, but we settled for. Ch- and I love Chud, by the way. I think Chud actually was a very good hire. Um, all things considered, I, I'm still irate about us firing him after one year, crying out loud. But one year with Brandon friggin' Whedon at court. I, but we that was the guy that we settled on. So while we could have gotten better guys, I'm not denying we could have gotten better guys. And so there, and then the counter to that, not putting words in, in Dan's mouth, who I'm kind of having this conversation with vicariously through you wonderful folks. There again, I never call you people folks, but they're twice in one show. But, uh, you know, I, it was, we're, as we're have, hashing this out, yes, the, the, the counter to that is, well, it's not then that, uh, that co- that high caliber coaches won't come here. It's that we won't hire the ones that can be. Uh, I think it then gets into, you know, it's getting the guys that we think are the high caliber coaches versus the guys that really are. And what that really comes down to then is, all right, well, then it, it kind of speaks to the evaluation or the the talent evaluation of the guy doing the hiring and who's that you get what i'm saying here so it, it, when it when it comes down to that all right if we fire hugh jackson 
and we bring somebody else in from the outside world to coach this team, it's just very, 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 very extraordinarily likely that whoever that candidate is is not the best that we could get. Whether it's because we swing and miss on the candidate that we want or or swing and miss on a guy that we want who isn't even very good, so we end up taking the you know the the, uh, the consolation prize that isn't even as good as another option that we don't see, which is kind of the point that I'm making here with some of these previous uh, decisions. Whether it's that or we just can't get anybody, so we end up taking you know Bobby Bob Cooter or the uh, the uh, coach, the uh, former offensive line coach for the Dolphins. You know he could you know I could see him being you know uh, in in the in the mix for uh, for the guy. But uh, that that could take over if we were to uh, to uh, fire Hugh. I'm just saying that the pickings are going to be slim. But I don't even we don't even need to go there because as I've been thinking about this, um, another conversation that we've had recently this week has been about what happens when we go through the blow up. I am, I am famously anti blow up, and why am I anti blow up? I'm talking about that because of the the roster churn, and you give up on guy, you know. We're, we're, we had uh, Zane Gonzalez make a, miss a couple of field goals, and I think I talked about this on Sunday. Watching the Buccaneers go through a just a, a, a genuine curse of a kicking situation, and I'm convinced it's because they let Matt Bryant go, who's still kicking down in uh, Atlanta, and we're probably gonna, the the Buccaneers are probably going to end up having a terrible kicking situation until that guy retires, and um, it's it's kind of like. Um, and the reason that he was let go was because there was a roster churn. He wasn't one of Raheem's guys. I think that was the time frame on it. But they, and, and that was it. So they end up letting him go. They bring in another guy. And so you lose people. And that's going to happen. All right? It's, there, it's going to happen that if you bring in a coach, there's just going to be a handful of guys. But how many of those? This is, this is really another part of the conversation that we never really got into fully that I'm going to really kind of explore a little bit now. While I, while I have been vehemently and am and will be, and, and honestly, I could probably stop watching the NFL if we blow this up at the end of this year. I honestly might just give up the – and not because I – because there's no reality where I could watch football and not be a Browns fan. That's just not possible. So I would just stop watching the NFL. I'd probably watch, stop watching football altogether if that happened. Maybe watch college, but I – you know – it would just be too hard at that point. But it's maybe possible to replace the coach without blowing up. And this is something that is, I mean, it's, it's again, I got to tread very lightly in this minefield because I have been pounding the pulpit for years on this because it is true. And it was true this time around. When they fired Petten and Farmer, and I'm not saying they shouldn't have done it because I like what they ended up, you know, replacing those guys with. But it's it, there was with that was a recognizance that whoever whoever it is that we like on this team, with the exception of Joe of Joe Thomas, almost said Joe Hayden there, and he wasn't an exception as it turned out. Whoever it is that you like, you're probably going to lose. They're probably going to be gone because these guys are going to bring in their new guy. Now, I I said all that before even knowing that we were going to get analytics strolling through the door. You know, I didn't even know that we were going to be doing all of that. But then we did do all of that. And it was in, you know, so what I said was true in spectacular fashion. Not that I predicted it was going to be true in spectacular fashion. But you're, there's going to be some of that no matter who it is 
that you bring into uh, the fray, particularly if it's somebody from the outside. And this is where I'm going with all of this. Because it is possible. There are people a lot of times reference the two-year turnaround. You know, a team goes from worst to first. The difference is that you don't see teams going from worst to first doing it the way that we have done it. And I'm not just saying in the sense that they've gone out and and, uh, selected the same bad players that we have selected when we have selected bad players and the lack of uh, continuity and so forth. There have been coaches that have gone to circumstances where they walked into the door and they decided, you know what, I'm pretty much good with what we have here, let's roll. And let me tweak what we have here on the uh, and, and let me fit my coaching to those players. While I have about as much contempt for Butch Davis as I do anybody in Brown's history, that was basically what he did. He walked in the door. He didn't really, you know, he didn't really uh, do a whole lot of house cleaning. He brought in a couple of guys, you know, brought in a lot of hurricane. He added a lot of hurricanes to the mix. But honestly, we were expansion team at that point. So a lot of the guys that he was replacing weren't really guys that were major contributors anyway. But the guys that were, you know, Couch, you know, and and the couple of building blocks that were to the extent that there were on the offensive line, a couple of players on defense, I mean, he basically stuck with the same plan that was there, and he, you know, built on that. And what happened? In in, uh, 01, we went 7-9, and and in uh, 2002, we went went 9-7. Basically, it was the same plan that was executed over that time. It just switched hands. Then Al Lerner died, and my, you know, what I have always believed is that Al Lerner died, and then that allowed Butch Davis to walk into a door where Randy Lerner recognized him as a more crucial piece of the operation from a personnel standpoint than he was to that uh, up until that point. And I think at that point, Carmen Policy, yep, to hell with this, I'm done. And he bailed, and then Butch took it over, and then Butch started making it into his team, and that's when the wheels came totally off of the moped. And so we ended up with, you know, drafting Kellen Winslow instead of Roethlisberger, and, you know, uh, on and... And and that was that. But what I'm saying is that it can be done. A, A more recent example of this that I'm close to, literally is, you know, the Buccaneers fired Greg Schiano after two years because he was a terrible, terrible coach. And, and I, you know, I was among the people that was saying, yeah, this guy is especially exceptionally bad. They replaced him with Lovey Smith, who was a, you know, a reputed coach, a, a, a coach with a very good reputation. And you saw some progress from years one to year two. Now, of course, a big reason for that progress was the the uh, the name Jameis Winston, who was drafted with the first pick overall and brought a franchise quarterback to the Buccaneers. And so all of a sudden, Lovey knew how to coach again. <clears throat> but, you know, I mean, if you were really watching the situation, there was always something. You know. Lovey made a lot of really weird decisions when he was down here doing his thing. Not to say that, I mean, and I was still, I mean, I was I was actually down here telling people, guys, I was saying the same thing. If you do this, if you blow this up and you and you bring in, you know, somebody else, then they're going to do this. They're going to do the same, same thing I've told all of you a hundred times. All right. Well, here's what, here was the difference, was that in Jameis Winston's rookie year, they had an offensive coordinator that they had uh, taken from the Atlanta Falcons. The guy that had worked with Matt Br- uh, Ryan for most of his career, Dirk Cutter. Uh, was was you know, he was fired? Why was he fired? He was fired because of a roster churn. Okay, he comes to the Buccaneers and is their offensive coordinator, and he develops a very crucially important relationship with Jameis Winston. 
The Bucks then go into the offseason, and they're faced with kind of an interesting uh, challenge because Cutter has really, by this time, elevated himself to being a pretty substantial head coaching candidate. At the same time, he was pretty crucially important to the development to this to, at this stage of the quarterback they basically have invested their entire franchise in. At that point, they made a, a pretty uh, what I was uh, I thought was a surprising decision, and they fired Lovey Smith and they elevated Dirk Cutter to the head coaching position. What they really did there was they they allowed for continuity to persist by firing the head coach. And putting a person that was in, um, you know, a, a more direct relationship with the players uh, at the at the front of, so he already had an investment in a personal investment in those offensive players. He therefore was not really interested in blowing the whole thing up to fit his image because they were already his guys. And as far as the defense is concerned, well, you know what he did? He hired his guy uh, Mike Smith who was his head coach in Atlanta. Mike Smith was the head coach. Cutter was the offensive coordinator. Now Cutter's the head coach, and Mike Smith is the defensive coordinator. And he basically said, okay, dude, you run it. Well, um, you know, I mean, this is this is where I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to with all of this. You know, some people have speculated that, um, you know, that, that Hugh may crack. And I'm not saying that. By the way... I, I got. I got. So I got. I got to be really careful whenever I talk about any of this. Before I go one step further, I don't want Hugh going anywhere. I still want Hugh Jackson to be the head coach of this football team for the next twenty years, and I don't care if we lose every game for the rest of the year. I can't be clear enough about that. All right. Like I say, I can't control Jimmy Haslam, and I don't know what he's going to do. And if the decision is made. And I, I am willing to, again, I, I will concede, you know, I'll concede that I don't know everything. I am even willing to concede that maybe there are good reasons why, you know, maybe he is just so beaten down because of all of this. You know, Navi uh, posted this. Um, per, it was perfect. It was the uh, um, somebody was looking at the press conference when he was first uh, brought in and comparing it to now and Navi posted the, uh, the the monologue scene from Castaway absolutely brilliant and uh, <laughs> it really is it was basically a guy that was just you know total despair had lost everything and he's just kind of like matter of fact like yeah you know this is this is I, I lost everything and then I lost it again but you know what I just all that I could do was breathe all that I could do you know people people uh, speculating that Hugo's out there starts talking to himself in third person that that's when really okay the wheels will come totally off of this thing and at that point all right if 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 the decision is made this is what I'm this is where I'm, I'm getting at with this um I, I I could see a universe that is not totally devoid of reason in which Hugh is let go and a good option comes in to replace him. I think because of the, you know, the dynamics involved here, it would make sense for it to be somebody within the organization. How would you feel about like Al Saunders being promoted? I'm not I mean I mean I, look at <laughs> He's a wide receiver's coach. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm not just, I, whoever the offensive line coach is, guys uh, eluding me right now. I'm not going to say Greg Williams because, you know, he's been a head coach uh, in the league, you know, and, and I kind of want him just to fix the defense, and, and the defense hasn't been good. I'm saying somebody with the... 
maybe, maybe Tabes, maybe, maybe Chris Tabor, the uh, special teams coach. Look, would that really be the worst option here? I know there are some people that are are, are throwing hammers at their phone <laughs> as they're listening to the, or whatever device they're listening to this on at the mere suggestion that Tabor could be our our head coach. But honestly, I mean, a lot, a lot of special teams coaches do well. But really, to me, changing the coach, if a guy is willing to come in and accept what we're doing, might not be the most impossible of things. Again, I don't want it to happen. I would much, 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 much rather stick with Hugh and watch how that works out and and see how that progresses. That's what I want. That's my number one. But if they do decide to let Hugh go, as long as... And, and the only reason I'm talking about any of this is because because of the decision today, honestly. Uh, I, I, I find it to be that dire. I find this decision to be that dire that um, that, that I feel the need to, you know, to kind of, um, you know, get into all this about it. But I, I think that Hugh, if uh, he were to be let go, that you could possibly promote somebody from within or bring somebody in with the expressed understanding that and and this might actually be doable for some guy if you if we like let's say that we were to finish this year one and 15 two and 14 something like that and we end up with once again the first pick overall if that happens and they fire Hugh you could you know make that you know, you, you, you could make that part of the whole appeals process to somebody that you like. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the best, the flashiest, you know, the, the, the person that would be considered the, you know, the best coaching you know, prospect that's out there, whoever that is from year to year. But it's the guy that we want. And maybe we, uh, you know, attract that guy by saying, you can get any quarterback that you want in college next year. This is the year that we've decided we're doing this. There's you know three four guys out there that we really like. Um, you know you come, come be the coach of the Browns and you can, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, it's probably way the way that I'm presenting that is probably not even close to the way it, the way it actually goes down. But you know something along the lines of you get to basically pick your hand pick your quarterback out of the draft and that will be your guy uh, moving forward. Okay, I could see that happening, but with also the expressed understanding that but. We got some stuff going on here. We want Greg Williams to continue running the defense. I, and, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe that's not even uh, going to be the goal. You know, with the way that his defenses have played so far. I, I think that it's difficult when you fire a coach, you generally lose the staff too. This is the whole point. That's why this whole thing, it's not just about re- replacing one guy. It's the same thing with the quarterback position. It's not just replacing one guy. It's about how that one guy has a ripple effect on the entire rest of the, in one case, the offensive unit, and in another case, the entire football organization. But if you could do that, I mean, that's what I'm saying. With the Buccaneers, they 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 fired Lovey, but they basically kept everybody else, and they promoted uh, Cutter. Cutter brought you know one of his guys, guys with him, made a couple of tweaks here and there, and look, that's going to happen. But you don't want to bring in a guy that looks at, uh, you know, Miles Garrett and says, yeah, I really kind of rather, I really am kind of, I really want a 3-4. I really want a, which I kind of think that a lot of these definitions are getting obsolete these days, but whatever. Um, it's, it's happened to us so many times. that What, what if that happens? Okay, so now Garrett's going to, Garrett could probably be a sensational outside linebacker. 
but is that really what you want you know him doing when he was brought in specifically to kill quarterbacks i mean this is this is the whole point you know you bring in a new guy and that sort of thing happens but maybe you can bring in actually not, you can bring in it is possible to bring in guys that you basically look at and say okay the basic defensive scheme that we're running that's what we're running and you're either going to you're either going to be down with that and you're going to embrace that or we're going to move on to somebody that will that actually wouldn't be a bad way to go through the process and if somebody along you know again i don't know how you can make those sort of demands when you're us looking for a new coach that's why i kind of think that the best way for us to accomplish this is to hire somebody from within but i don't know that you could take you know the way al saunders i know he's not necessarily the um the wide receivers coach he's kind of like the offensive he's almost like the assistant coach i think so that's why it um, I'm just using him as the example here. Maybe he's not the best uh, uh, choice, but somebody, you know, if, if that were the case and he was just as invested in all of these guys um, and had that relationship with Sashi and everything else, then maybe, you know, maybe then that, maybe that could work. Uh, and you could perhaps if there if if Hughes problems are insurmountable. And my problem with even asking that question is I don't think that Jimmy Haslam is the right guy to answer it. I don't, I you know, for, because of his track record, and maybe that's unfair. I don't care. Uh, that, but that that's that's why I've been nervous about this the whole time. But it is possible that if you get the right person, you get the right candidate, you get the right, you know, whether it's from within or whether it's maybe somebody from the college ranks, you know, that doesn't know enough to know what his guys, you know, need to be, uh, other than the ones that he drafts, you know, um, I, you know. I could be okay with it. Well, I mean, ultimately, I mean, it's it's the one thing that I, I wouldn't be able to abide is full on, uh, you know, just blowing it up. I mean, that I, I am not going to, um, you know, I'm not going to say that I, I that I would that I would lead the team, but it would be really, really, really hard. It would be really, really hard if we blow all of this up because all of that means we're just we're starting over again. And it means we're going to discard a lot of the youth that we brought in here. And there's so much talent on this roster. It just needs time. And that was the thing that was so frustrating and disappointing about um, about the decision today. And, you know, maybe time will tell that my whole uh, thoughts on this, my, um, my, you know, my, my dire uh, forewarnings of, of gloom turn out to be, um, you know, just so much maybe maybe this decision is the 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 thing that turns around our fledgling organization and hogan goes on to have a hall of fame career wouldn't that be nice um i just don't um i'm just i'm just not i'm not counting on that and uh you know again kevin if you're out there listening i'm not putting that sort of pressure on you but i will say this um 100 i am behind uh the kid i hope that he goes out there and just tears the texans face off on sunday i hope that's what happens no doubt about it. I'm just, um, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm just, I'm just very, um, well, I'll, I'll, I'm a Browns fan. I'm a Cleveland fan. Um, I love the Cavaliers. I love the Browns. I love the Indians. Those are my teams. They always will be. And, um, I definitely feel like saying that right now. Love y'all. Um, God bless you. Take care. Have a wonderful time. I will talk to you again on Sunday. Um, be well out there. See ya. My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Full Cast. Full Cast. Full Tron. 
keep telling you, we're not Voltron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations, bears and video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Podcast. It's not Voltron.